Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about ovarian cancer. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash ovarian or in the cancer section of the Zero to Finals Obstetrics and Gynecology book. So let's get straight into it. Ovarian cancer refers to cancer of the ovaries. Ovarian cancer often presents late due to non-specific symptoms, resulting in a worse prognosis. More than 70% of patients with ovarian cancer present after it's spread beyond the pelvis. Let's talk about the types of ovarian cancer. Firstly, epithelial cell tumours. Epithelial cell tumours, which are tumours arising from the epithelial cells of the ovary, are the most common type of ovarian cancer. Subtypes of epithelial cell tumours include serous tumours, which is the most common, endometroid carcinomas, clear cell tumours, mucinous tumours and undifferentiated tumours. Next there's dermoid cysts or germ cell tumours. These are benign ovarian tumours. They are teratomas, meaning that they come from the germ cells. They may contain various tissue types such as teeth, hair, skin and bone. They are particularly associated with ovarian torsion. Germ cell tumours may cause a rise in alpha-fetoprotein or AFP and human chorionic gonadotropin or HCG. Next, there's sex cord stromal tumours, and these are rare tumours that can be benign or malignant. They arise from the stroma, or the connective tissue, or from the sex cords, which are the embryonic structures associated with the follicles. There are several types, including Sertoli-Leydig cell tumours and granulosa cell tumours. And finally, there are metastases. Ovarian tumours may be due to metastases from cancer elsewhere. A Krukenberg tumour refers to a metastasis in the ovary, usually originating from a gastrointestinal tract cancer, particularly stomach cancer. On histological examination, Krukenberg tumours have characteristic signet ring cells, which look like signet rings under a microscope. Let's talk about the risk factors. The key risk factors for ovarian cancer is age, and the peak is at age 60, the BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes, so it's important to consider the family history, an increased number of ovulations during the lifetime, and we'll talk in more detail about this shortly, obesity, smoking, and recurrent use of clomiphene, which is a fertility medication. Factors that increase the number of ovulations during the lifetime and therefore increase the risk of ovarian cancer include an early onset of periods, late menopause and no pregnancies. Next let's talk about the protective factors for endometrial cancer. Having a higher number of lifetime ovulations increases the risk of ovarian cancer. Therefore factors that stop ovulation or reduce the number of lifetime ovulations reduce the risk. And these factors include using the combined contraceptive pill, breastfeeding and pregnancy. Next let's talk about the presentation. 
Ovarian cancer can present with non-specific symptoms. In older women, keep the possibility of ovarian cancer in mind and have a low threshold for considering further investigations. Symptoms that may indicate ovarian cancer include abdominal bloating, early satiety, meaning feeling full after eating, a loss of appetite, pelvic pain, urinary symptoms such as frequency and urgency of urination, weight loss, an abdominal or pelvic mass, and ascites. An ovarian mass may press on the obturator nerve and cause referred hip or groin pain. The obturator nerve passes along the inside of the pelvis, lateral to the ovaries, where an ovarian mass can compress it. Next, let's talk about the referral criteria. The NICE Suspected Cancer Recognition and Referral Guidelines from 2015 outline the key referral criteria and red flags for ovarian cancer. They recommend either referring directly on a two-week wait urgent cancer referral or carrying out initial investigations in primary care, depending on the presentation. They recommend referring directly on a two-week wait referral if a physical examination reveals ascites, a pelvic mass, unless clearly due to fibroids, or an abdominal mass. They recommend carrying out further investigations before referral in women presenting with symptoms of possible ovarian cancer starting with a CA125 blood test. This is particularly important in women over 50 presenting with new symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome or a change in bowel habit, abdominal bloating, early satiety, pelvic pain, urinary frequency or urgency, or weight loss. So let's talk about the investigations. The initial investigations in primary or secondary care when suspecting possible ovarian cancer are a CA125 blood test and a result above 35 international units per milliliter is significant and a pelvic ultrasound. The risk of malignancy index or RMI estimates the risk of an ovarian mass being malignant taking into account three things the menopausal status, the ultrasound scan findings, and the CA125 level. Further investigations in secondary care include a CT scan to establish the diagnosis and stage the cancer, histology or a tissue sample using a CT-guided biopsy, laparoscopy or laparotomy, and paracentesis or an acidic tap which can be used to test the acidic fluid for cancer cells when a patient has ascites. Women under 40 years with a complex ovarian mass require tumour markers for a possible germ cell tumour, and these are alpha-fetoprotein, or AFP, and human chorionic gonadotropin, or HCG. Let's talk about the causes of a raised CA125 blood result. CA125 is a tumour marker for epithelial cell ovarian cancer. The CA125 result is not very specific and there are many non-malignant causes of a raised CA125, including endometriosis, fibroids, adenomyosis, 
pelvic infection, liver disease and pregnancy. Let's talk about staging. The International Federation of Gynecology and Obstetrics or FIGO staging system is used to stage ovarian cancer. A very simplified version of this staging system is stage 1 where the cancer is confined to the ovary, stage 2 where the cancer is spread past the ovary but remains inside the pelvis, stage 3 where the cancer has spread past the pelvis but remains inside the abdomen and stage 4 where the cancer has spread outside the abdomen with distant metastases. Finally let's talk about management. Ovarian cancer will be managed by a specialist gynecology oncology MDT or multidisciplinary team. It usually involves a combination of surgery and chemotherapy. So thanks for listening to this episode on ovarian cancer. As always, a big thank you to Harry for perfectly editing the podcast and I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about vulval cancer.